Hello and welcome to the Hope and Anchor Community Church Podcast. Each week we'll bring you the latest preachings from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. Shall we stand up? Let's do that for the Word of God, shall we? Not religion, doesn't say in one place of the Bible, stand up for the Word of God, but it's actually good. You know, when, when you're about to go somewhere, you stand up. And I think God is going to take us somewhere. And First um, Corinthians 13, verse 8 says, Love never fails. Selah. <laughs> but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what it is part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only in a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And verse 13 says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Thank you, God, for your presence, Lord. We're thirsty people for a God that is more than awesome waters. So will you allow your river to flow in this place? Will you allow your abundance to meet our need, our thirst, our desire to meet with you? We didn't come for human. We came for God. And as you promised to meet us, Lord, don't allow us to get out of your presence that is so beautiful and so tangible today in this place without getting the nutrients, spiritual nutrients that we need to keep on walking, to keep on serving you, to keep on loving you, to keep on knowing you better. In Jesus' name we pray. If that's your prayer, say amen. And you can sit down, take your shoes off. If it's necessary, if it's not necessary, you don't have to. I only have 12 points and two closings and 18 arguments to tell with you. Today we're coming out of the bat, out of the subject, move on. And sometimes to love something means move on. And I know, don't get divorced if you're married. Don't leave your girlfriend, your bo uh, boyfriend, if you're in that position, just out of this message. But love is never stagnant. Love is actually that, that because of love, we are able to move. For God so loved the world that he invested, he moved. He did a transaction that required movement. And sometimes we are really good at remembering people that God is love, but we are very, very bad at moving in love. The world has given us really like emotional aspirin, paracetamol, for the meaning of love, it says it has to be a day 
like in February 14th. I'm not coming against Valentine, but God bless us all. We all had chocolates that day or at least a card. But what if you didn't? Is that love? Or was that just a date? Premeditated. Something that you can measure. But on your own device. You, you measure it sometimes through what you feel. Or through what the other person says that they felt. But what is love? The Bible says very clear that love is a person. And in this passage, Paul is trying to talk to the Corinthians, people that were known for flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, but also sleeping with their own moms. Hello, London is not that bad. Welcome to Corinthians. We are in a season in life that we have lived so many times. We think we're special. We think that the struggles that we have day, today are so out there. No, we, took our, we take our grandparents and say, hey, no, you don't know. Nowadays, we look at our, our kids and our kids look back at us and say, no, you don't know that, you know. Um, today we have vaping. Hmm. You didn't have but weed back in the day. I captured you. I liked it. But when we talk about love, we're talking about God. God is love. Love is not a feeling. We have thought about it so long, about it being a feeling and a color. What color is love? You have two nations that said red. Any more of the nations? Red? What color is red? How many, how many nations say colors are red? Like the love is red. It's just ridiculous that we all even gave it a color. I don't think Jesus was red. That would be scary. I wonder who else is red. It's this week. Man, next week I'm going to be normal. But this week I'm going to be outside and unhinged. Is that okay for you guys? Is that okay? <laughs> this week I'm going to be wild. Because this week we're running through the city saying that there's something more red than love like the world knows it and it's the blood of christ that knows no limits that he's aware of our need and our shame that he comes with a mighty arm with outstretched power and says i know you by name and i know where you've been and i definitely know where you're going i know your need i know your shames and i like you red that way I want to know that red so today we got to move on and there's some several areas in our life that God wants us to move on because as we grow in life we know that there are things that we knew when we were kids for example you knew how to tie up your shoes after you use velcro anyone had velcro shoes and after that, you graduated to what? Laces. Love. Love matures us. And as we walk with Christ, and allow me just to give a little bit of context, because I want to take this home so bad, so we're able to love so good. I want us to understand that 
when we are in the red zone, we're not in the deficit. We are in the zone that God says, now I can do something. Now you're paying attention. Now I can be God. When you are not sufficient, love comes into the place. And sometimes we don't actually take part on that moment. We got and says, you know what? Love never fails. But there, and he's pointing at things. I love when the Bible starts pointing. You know, whoever says that God doesn't point, man, that person has no revelation that they have two hands at least. God created hands and movement. And when you say, where do you go? God points. That is awesome. That needs to change. There. There. But there are prophecies. Prophecies is probably a nice word or a very kind of like expensive Sunday word for the ones that are not used to those that says what is about in the heart of God. But it is explained through a human being like you and me, fallible. We have need we're fallen so when god uses someone like you and me to give a prophecy that prophecy the bible says that is actually captured through a broken vessel someone that has fault like you and me and what happens it would cease because before the fall we didn't knew death we were made into the image of God. And even more, scientists have said that the body shouldn't consume or should die. They have not found a reason why the body dies. And we know that we do. And this is not a moment to say, thank God some people did. No, this is not the moment. Just don't do that. But the body actually decays. But that's out of the fall. The body is actually built Hello, girl. What's up? Nice to see you, eh? You and you. Nice haircut, bro. <laughs> God is up to something. And although we are designed to know him, we have parts of us that are fallen, that don't know how to move, like in the garden, in love. I am naked. Who told you? We are walking outside of love. We're talking about needs instead of the person of God reflected on us. And because of that, there are prophecies because we need to hear what God is saying. And among us, God will use us to actually say things that will produce in us an eternal weight of glory that us can actually hear from God, not only for self. I know that is current coin to listen to God to survive your daily. But God made us for more. We're not supposed to only be happy. We're supposed to be a body. And sometimes you might hurt in one side of your body, but the rest of the body heals it. Bro, nice to see you. I'm seeing all sorts of people, mate. Oh my God, there's a barbecue today. That's going to be awesome. You're going to be able to enjoy it. We, we might heal, but we don't heal for self. We heal for the body. And this is one of the most important parts of love, that you don't heal for self. You heal for the rest. You don't love for you. You are not loved by God 
just for you. That's so small. You're loved for the body. And that's how they would say, or oh, them. The Bible says that they would see them. They would see the Christians, the followers of Christ, the disciples. And they would see the way that they love one another. And they will believe. So the most important thing, it is not the prophecies. Mmm, sha-la-la-la-la. Mmm. The most important thing is love. Love never fails. It knows no failure. Jesus knows no failure. And if we fail, it was us, it was our flesh. But it was not love. But when we gather in our pieces and our mind, when we put in the pot of love, our wounds and our failures, we might see what that red blood does with them. None of us actually put clothing in the washing machine and thinks, is it going to wash it? We never doubt it because it's built for that. The blood of God is to wash, to wash our shame, our need, our desperation. When we are not enough, he raises the line and he puts it forward and said, I'm with you. You shall not be ashamed. What a Jesus, what a blood. But then we say, hey, that's cool. That sounds very, very eloquent and very spiritual. Prophecies, ooh, wow, prophecies. Who knows if they invented it? Because those were seized. But tongues, that sounds weird. You know, the Bible talks about tongues and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he talks about when you talk in tongues. And I talk in tongues. Uh, if you have been near this area, I might go crazy in that area just while worship, or if you're my kid, my wife, or my dog, essentially, um, you hear me at some other hour of the night kind of talking in tongues. My tongue, my, my dog, more, more or less the same. Um, my dog looks at me like, what in the world is wrong with you, mate? And my kids as well, and my wife as well, and some, maybe some in this area might. But you know what? Who cares how they look at you, mate? In that sense, are you talking with God? But also that will pass. The way you talk with God today is different than what you talked with God yesterday. So don't get so in love with what you talk with God today and so religious and so centered in your own religion that you invent comfort for your own mind in such a way that you forget that you got to move. You got to move on. Well, you lived yesterday with God. It was awesome. And he's not looking down on what he did and what he talked with you. But he's saying, I have more. And when love is in the room, there is more. It doesn't become stagnant. It doesn't have a limit. It doesn't have an end. Because love is a person. Love is God. We have taken it to be a feeling. But God is love. God is love. Some people think that love is God. But that's the world. Let's say how it is. God is love. Because in that trick, the enemy tricks us to actually look at life and put value and weight in things and situations that don't have it. And sometimes in our finite way and in, in the gathering of repercussions and situations that we have lived throughout our lives, 
And if we mix our cultures, that's another team. We might think the contrary. We might think God is unjust if this happens. And that's what happens. Nowadays, we don't have revelation of love because we have no revelation of the character of God. And we condemn the actions of what God allows because we don't know the character. And God is saying, I am love. And it's time to move on. I know this season of failure that you've had, but it's time to move on. I know the success that you think you had, but you know what? As good as it, as good as it is, you got to move on. You cannot live 20 years out of yesterday's success. For good as it was. Forget about the failure. I mean, no one will want to live on a failure of 20 years, no? But sometimes we attempt to live on the success of one day for 20 years. I remember. Mm. No one wants to remember, and no one wants to remember others because we're so good to each other that we don't remember each other your failures. You don't remember your friend. Hey, remember when you did that? Eh, that was rough. Don't do it again. That would be love. But nowadays, that's not trendy, mate. But the gospel comes to give us life. Are you with me? Are you with me? Because it comes to give us deliverance from that yesterday. As good as, it, as good as it gets, or as bad as it has been. It comes to give us the move on sign. Off you go. Chop, chop. Here we go. Because we can get in love with our yesterday. With the pain or with the glory. And we don't move on. But love moves on. It moves up to the new challenge. To the new mountain. To the new horizon. To the new thing. It takes the next disease. Or it takes the next compliment. Love doesn't fail. It is sad that we take this for weddings, mate. Because most marriages don't make it. But if we talk it about God, this would be amazing. Because our faith will be nourished. If we only set every day into our own minds, into our own spirits. Do you know you have authority over your mind? That you can say, hey, mind your business. <laughs> mind, think about these things. We talk about several weeks about what we should be thinking about. And you have authority God has given to you. This is not new age. This is not meditation. Um, you don't need more incense. That your own prayer. Because the Bible says that your prayer is incense in front of God. That goes up. Fragrant or not. But if you're honest, it's fragrant. You can take that moment and say, God, I need love. Because I don't know how to love. Today, I'm a bit empty love. I need love. I need your person. I need your character. This is just the first three words of the first verse. I'm going to have to do better than this. What does love allow us to do? <laughs> love allows us to be destined and to figure out, to actually understand, to grasp the weight of being destined by God. You were not born because you liked it. 
Neither your mom, your dad, or anyone that came before them. You were born because God said so. And at least we got that clear. Woo! Revelation. But you were destined as well. So you were not only born, you were destined by God. Not only that, you were destined to love, to reflect these characters. Into his image, we were done. We were created. So you were born to love. You were destined to love. And not only that, you were destined to move in love. And love doesn't mean you say everything that the other person wants to hear. It means you actually portray the character of God in the specific situation that you're in. It's not a feeling. It is a person. Also, love is destined not to be stagnant. Stagnant, and if you don't know what that word means, that means still. And that, most of the time, is actually talking about a body of water or something that carries a flow. Love has a flow. When you break the flow, you break the conversation, something happens. We are all in relationships that have stagnant flows. Yes or no? Who is in one right now? I'm in one right now. Very important one. <laughs> my, my dog doesn't look at me in the eyes right now. Love is not stagnant. And actually, not only that, it's not that it stays without a flow. It starts to smell. So love, if it starts smelling, there's no love. And when you start smelling any attitudes in you, you got to know that you're not loving. If you have an attitude, you're not loving. Don't point it at the other person. Look for God on your you and say, hey, if I'm stagnant i'm smelling are my conversations are my thoughts smelling we know our thoughts we know them only god and us yes or no you know when you're thinking what you're thinking when you think it and you know it and and you know that might be stagnant but when we love we step back and say am i looking at this with your character through your cross through your blood as shred as it should be, well, I'm watering down the blood of Christ in this situation. Am I putting limits on this? That's the real conversation. That God will inhabit. Second, God uses love and he allows us to live in mystery. And the Bible says that God conceals his matters into our hearts. He encloses them like treasure. And as we look for God, he puts in our hearts what only God can say to us and not feelings and not society and not situations. He says, I will tell you what I think. He conceals it and he puts it in your heart. So you might think, okay, you know, that sounds really good. How does that work? When you have a situation and God says, you know what? Although you might have reason to act like that, act this other way, because that is love. Love never fails. Actually, not even that. Love is suffered, the Bible says. When you love, you take the hit. If you ask me, Gimo was, was being born, Joanna was in labor, and, um, and I had a fever, so I, I wimped out and fell asleep. <laughs> that was it. 
I, I woke up and, uh, and Joanna was in labor still, 16 hours. That was a long time. It was not like a wimpy moment, you know what I mean? It was a lot of hours, you know what I mean? Gima was, a, was a, like an alien, you know, like rah, inside, you know? And then she gave birth, right? And um, they moved us into the, into the room. And after that, in the quiet of the night, Joanna had done her thing. And she said, I'm out. I'm going to sleep. And Gimo didn't believe I'm sleeping at all. I don't know where he got that from. And his massive blue eyes looked like E.T., you know, like he looked like almost alienish, you know what I mean? And he was in that little plastic thing, you know, and all of a sudden Joanna falls asleep. She's having her moment that she deserved. And then Gimo is right there. You know, like, he was like blinking, but you still could hear noise, you know? <laughs> like, massive eyes. And I'm there as a father, right? And all of a sudden, you're aware of an instinct. If someone wants to come through that door and touch that kid or that girl, someone's gonna fly. We were in the ninth floor, I don't know, I remember. And I remember that I said, you know what, it, I don't care what it takes. If the person comes in, I, and I played all scenarios, you know, too many, too many Rambo movies, you know what I mean? I played knife scenario, I played machine gun scenario, you know, I, I, I played, you know, acid shots scenario, you know, I just, every, like, you know, every, like, Instagram dislike scenarios, you know, it's like, I played them all, you know? They didn't exist, don't worry about it. And I said, if that happens, I would just bear hug the person and jump out of the window without thinking. Why? Because I love him. There's no limit to what you do. For God so loved the world that he threw himself from heaven for you. And he came and died in a cross. I'm not saying jump from windows, but I'm saying love gives the rest. Loves until the end. Love never fails. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves that. We have to remind our feelings. We have to remind our today that love, like Jesus, never fails. And it's a mystery. Love allows us to obey. And love allows us to live in abundance. An abundance of joy and abundance of storms. We are great to say God is faithful when we have the joy, but we fail miserably most of the times when there are storms. And we don't know that the storms are only clearing the way for a better sun. For some of us that actually have some melanin in our body and came from somewhere in the world that has some waves and not pebbles only, we know that storms bring community together and it also brings a clean sun. It cleans the atmosphere. It, cre it cleans what surrounds us. So love, although it allows you to go through the storm, it also enhances the way that you enjoy joy. When we went with my wife and my kids to Jerusalem, we went to this mountain that is, was, was said to be the mount where Jesus uh, preached uh, the Sermon of the Mount, the Beatitudes, you know. Come to me, those who are 
tired and, and so on. And we were late. So being Puerto Rican, I jumped the fence because they closed the place. And I said, heck no, mate. I came all the way to Israel. I'm going to look at this thing. You know what I mean? So I jumped the fence. I didn't have to really. I just went through the side because um, they built a fence all the, here and then there was a gap. Oops. And I went in. And it was amazing. And, um, and it was after it was closed. And we were able not to go to the, you know, Jurassic Park, Park Garden, you know, I call it, you know, like the, not the one that they, the Disney Jerusalem kind of went. We went to the actual place outside of the gated area. And we were there and we could see the, the Sea of Galilee. And we were there. And I remember I was trying to explain everything to my kids, you know, like this is what happened and this is what the boss did and God is so, mm, and I'm trying to hold tears in and I'm trying not to kind of like think of anything and my kids are not even getting it and you're, and you're frustrated. And I mean, come on, it's all that. But then all of a sudden it hit me that you, you see where the disciples had just seen the multiplication of the fish just down there and it also was in the height of seeing the whole Sea of Galilee, left to right, side to side. And he stayed behind when he preached about the storms of life. When you're going through them, go up to me. Come to me. And after that, when he orders us to go through storms like he did to the disciples, if he has ordered you to do something, if he has ordered you to love, don't worry. As he ordered you to go to him, if you were tired and heavy, if he ordered you to do something, he's going to come to you. Because just after that, he joined them in the middle of the water. Jesus walked. It was not over. But he could see them. Sometimes we think that we go through the struggles of love in life, and we don't know how to move on. We go on through our own emotions, through our own strength. And this is good preaching. You should be saying amen somehow. Amen. But sometimes we want to be fed with emotional and not with real substance. Love gives you what you need for tomorrow. Emotions will leave you as soon as you get through the door and you forget about the burger or whatever we're serving us today. See, this is the thing. We got to move on. If not, we become stagnant. Our thoughts are smelly. We don't have access to the mystery and to the destiny of God. We're not allowed to obey because we don't know his characters and we will never tap into the abundance of having his presence in the midst of our storms. That's what love does. It's not only a feeling. It's not religion. This is a lifestyle. And this is what we got to do because we are a gift. Love is not only a gift from God, because sometimes you need to ask God to give you some love for someone. I don't know if you've been there, but I've been there. You've been there? Have you ever prayed, God, let me love that person? Amen. Probably my wife should say I. <laughs> hey, at the same time, it's not only a gift, but it's only an, announce, an announcement of the person that is the bigger gift. So it's the person of God reflected through us, but it also talks about him 
And we have to take it serious. Nowadays, we use the word so lightly. I love you. Love that. There's a little heart. Have you seen that? They should put, like, instead of a love, like, little button, they push like a brain. You made me think. Sometimes it's more real. Or I saw it. Because it doesn't matter how many times you see it. You might not feel anything about it. You just want to say, I saw it. You're not saying, I love it. You're not saying, I like it. You're saying, I saw it. Is that too real? It's unbearable. How we have watered down real things and the personality of Christ for us to feel that we have a part on society. But we have better than that. God has tried to give us so much more richness into our conversations. We can express disagreement without missing love. We can express anger, but we don't have to sin. We don't have to walk outside of his character. We don't walk out of love. We can be angry, but don't sin. What about love? And sometimes we don't move on in life because we don't see love as the way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we live in grace and we're destined and we can live in obedience because we live in Christ. It is simple. I'm not saying rocket science anything today. I didn't come for this to be awesome revelation. I come for this to be substance. People of Israel received bread. And God gave bread from heaven. And they called it manna. Manna means what is it? God said, is bread. And they called it, what is it? I am the bread of life. He gave himself for salvation. And we're still calling it, what is it? See, love never fails. Love gives us the grace. And grace is defined in many levels. In one level is the ability to do things that we normally wouldn't be able to do. Oh, that person has that grace. You see that person that can sing? You know the guys? You saw Alicia was like, ah, with this electric guitar. I wish we could do that. But we can't. Only Alicia does that. You know what I mean? Like, and she's just like, ah. And you see Seva abandoned like. Say, well, I love you, mate. I miss you. <laughs> Your love never fails. You see what I mean? There's a grace. We all have a grace. It is an ability to do something for the body. But it also is a state, a position. We live from a position of grace. Love allows us, habilitating us to live in that geographical position of the heart that means I love you it doesn't matter I love you it is a position it's not only something that I can do it's where I'm standing so grace is a tricky one because it doesn't take our responsibility off but at the same time it's not only about us so we depend on God and we stand on God grace Love 
gives us the ability to stand in that place and to do what his person in us does best. What he planted in us before we were created. Okay, that's it. Don't worry about it. Six. Number seven. Love allows us to follow a calling. And not only that, it defines our impetus. It defines our strength and defines our speed. I don't know if you're as rebellious as I am. But every time I have to use the UPS and I don't use it unless there's a dead pope. Because <sighs> I'm rebellious. I don't know you, mate. You know, you might be so holy, you know what I mean? But I have rebellion coming out of my ears, mate. Every day. I sweat rebellion. I eat rebellion sometimes because, you know, it's called burger in my case. Um, but sometimes, you know, I want to tell the GPS that she's wrong and I'm right. She says two hours and 46 minutes. And I said, no, two hours and 40 minutes because I can do it. And I'm, I'm against the lady on the speaker, bro. And I'm I take it very serious. I take it personal. I don't know you. But me, <laughs> who has that problem? You know, I, you're like, who wants to cook something without a recipe? And you saw in the picture, you know, and you don't want to follow the recipe because you know best. Are you there? Am I, am I talking to the right people? Eh? Do you tell God what he should be doing to you? Or you say, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Just say. Eight. <laughs> See, it defines your impetus. When we are in love with God and we're following love, it defines, it defines the way and the strength that we put into the matter. Things that would not matter to anyone would matter to you because you love. And you're ready to move on, onto something just because you love. You're ready to stay outside of something because you love. And the only way to move on in life from success and failure is to love. We are a generation that is called to be in the move. Your job is not even in an office anymore. Your phones are not attached to walls. You don't have the worry of having massive, massive cables in your phone like I had. When I was growing up, there was a massive cable attached to the phone. I had to go to that corner of the house to be able to talk. And if you wanted to talk with someone, you didn't go to bed. You stayed in that corner standing. There was commitment. Nowadays, we fall asleep in bed. Too real. I know. We'll, we'll tame it down. Don't worry. Next Sunday, I'm going to be more loving. It tells us how fast we go. If we love, we have urgency. If we don't love, we can, we can do that tomorrow. If it matters, you're going to sort it out today. Are you with me? Eight, confession. Love allows us to confess. And not only that, confess and give weight to the mouth. The Bible in Proverbs 18 talks about that it's in the mouth that we have power. Power for death, death, not the ear one, like the one that stops your click, and life. 
power for being dead or alive is in your mouth. I wish I would. And many of us have said that. But it's so powerful that we close those chapters and say, we don't. I walk back from this. Lord, you know better. And this is very serious. We have taken death in our physical and our spiritual so lightly that we forgot that someone else pronounced that we should be alive and we're not taking care of that. So when you have it as a custom to say you want to die, you're saying to God, I don't trust you. There's more to the story. And it says all these things will pass. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. That's verse 10. Completeness is Jesus. And when Jesus comes into the room, things that are not from him disappear. So I know if I am near Jesus, when there are things that I'm taking account too much that should not be in the list because they're incomplete. When Jesus is in the room, I take things in the right measure. I can love people beyond their borders. I can love people beyond their failure. I can love myself, that's the difficult one, beyond my failure because God is in the room. But when I see someone that is dictating their own lives and feelings through the incompleteness, I know that Jesus is not in the room. And it's not that the person has evil intent. All of us are evil, says the Bible. So away from saying, I'm a good person, but I, I don't have Jesus. No, that doesn't work. I know it sounds really nice, but it's not true. But it is. There's an absence of what is complete. Jesus completed. In the cross, he said, Father, it is done. When the absence of Jesus is in the room, we will have these things that are incomplete as a matter of fact, as something that informs us. But what we strive for is that person of Jesus. Sometimes we say, but Lord, you know what? I'm doing the best I can. Are you proud about that? Because to be proud of doing everything you can doesn't mean you're doing everything you can. If you're looking at everyone and say, at least I did something, that was you. That was not Christ. Christ says, even when I'm lame, you pick me up. Even when I had leprosy, you heal me. Even when I couldn't see, you heal me. Even when. Because all these things will pass. Yes or no? But love never fails. And when incompleteness leaves the room, completeness is. So are we stuck to love or are we stuck to arguments? Are we stuck to religion or are we being taught by the character of the one that walks with us? He never fails, eh? So if there's any argument, we failed. You see, we all worship when we are right. We are brought up in this culture to be right. Where are my rights? But Jesus left them all to be completeness so we can live 
and live free, free indeed. Are you with me? I got only four more points. Are you okay? Four points, and I'll kill it. Repentive. No, I'm talking about receptive. Oh, she was like, oh my God, I need to do that again. You know, yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You can do that. And receptive is actually one of the most pivotal things that God talked to me when I was preparing for this. And I want you to bear with me because I actually went to the dictionary. Ooh, I Googled it. Wow. And I actually went from the perspective of electricity because God is power. And I said, what is a receptor? A receptor is not only something, I mean, a, a very receptive person is someone that hears and captures your information. Hmm. That's what every girl wants as a boyfriend and what every man hates to be. Just saying. I mean, but a receptor is in the body. I went molecule. It says it's a protein. It's a molecule protein that actually allows things like, for example, hormones or drugs or even antigens to hang to. It's a glue. It carries the goods. So if that works in the body that God created that way, and it also works in the body of Christ like we know it is, it is actually not only that, but it's a person, a person that loves. It's someone that activates. It's a person that helps to adhere others into the body of Christ. And it's also a person that brings a signal that points at the path. We are called to love. When we love, we are receptors of heaven. We're not only receptive, we love receptive. We love, mm, tell me, Lord, what should I do? Mm, thank you, Lord. Mm. And you go and have your Starbucks or your thin coffee. Plug in. But we're called to be receptors, people that bring people in, that adhere others to the goodness of God. All the nutrients that we receive when we are there, people can have access to them because we're there. Are you with me? Love makes you a receptor. It makes you someone that can, people can adhere to. And it also makes you appointed. If I appoint someone, if the queen comes in and appoints someone, is because she is the queen. Always appointments come not from the person that just came through the door. It comes from the person that is in authority. Yes or no? Love appoints us for others to be appointed. Love gives freely what he has received. Are you appointed? Give your appointment. You appointed to be loved? Give your appointment. I know we, we think about appointments where we have to be, but it's more than that. Is who we are. We are an appointment from heaven that is walking about. We allow people to adhere to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We have a destiny. We are able to obey. We are accepted. We are called. We are a gift. We have a grace. It's not only what we do. It's how we stand in our society, in our houses, in our community. We are love. We talk about this feeling, and sometimes we don't take the time to think. 
None of us have it perfect. But something that some of us have to pray about is about being consistent. Because we can love when it's nice, but we stop loving when it's not what we want. Steph is looking like, oh, God. Yeah, I know. I feel like that. Don't worry about it. Like, and if we're honest, all of us do. We love when we get something out of it. And our consistency falls because we're thinking of self, but we're not thinking of Christ. Love starts from Christ and it finishes in Christ, not with another human. When people say, I'm in love, but they don't have Christ, they just have feelings. It is what it is. Love never fails. It's consistent. It's complete. So this is what we're talking about. And with this, we start closing. Love gives us the ability to walk what we talk. And we love to talk about love, but rarely walk it. And in this, all of us fail. We need to walk what we talk. In this week, we're going to be talking and walking around the city. But is he walking in us and through us? We're going to be outside of London, in and out. Some of us have to go places. Are people getting encouraged? Are we that protein, that molecule that allows people to adhere to a kingdom, to a lifestyle that cannot be shaken? Are we loving? Are we moving so much that people can adhere? Or are we stagnant and smelling to religion? Where are we standing? Are we standing on ideas? Or are we standing in his character? Because if we're standing in his character, it produces movement. It's time to move on. It's time to love. It's time to love so hard that we lose ourselves. It's time so, it's to move so, so much in love that we start changing. Even in our personality, Peter changed when he was met with love. Peter denied Jesus and changed in his character when he was met with patience and grace and love. The same that we have been, the same that I have been. There's consequences, but he loves us, and we are living in the tension. That's why I started with saying, I don't care if it's failure or success. We need to keep moving on. We need to keep on moving on. And as we move, we will find new ways. We will find new ways of walking. You will start doing things for others that you didn't prepare for, that you have no diploma, no preparation, no background, no pedigree for. But you're going to be walking it. So on not only ways, but the ways that you walk and also the wars that you fight. You will find yourself in your flesh saying, I don't need this fight. Why am I fighting with this? I don't need this problem. But you're in the midst of that problem because God planted in you the strength, the wherewithal to walk in that war with victory in your pockets. When you come out of the other side, it was because he was in you. It was for the people. It was more than a promise. 
it was a walk that stepped orders by him. We're called to move on. I've given you 12 excuses to kill your flesh. But we just need one, and his name is Jesus. He's full of grace. He's full of mercy. He finds us. He walks with us. He wages war. He gives us substance. He talks what we need, not what we want. He's a good chef. He cooks what we need, not what we want. Not what we crave is what we need. It's like a great, great body trainer that teaches you how to de deal with the tensions of life, with the weights that are uneven. He teaches you how to have strength in, in the lack of stability because that creates strength in your core. It's like a great column that is not built to look good. It's built to sustain what covers us and shelter us. It's like a medicine when you're a kid that you don't like it, but it makes you better. Love never fails. And all of us need more love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. All of us today have a need for Jesus, for his love. Not for the sugar coating. We need Jesus. Not for the thoughts that make me feel good about myself. We need transformation so we can make him feel good about us in his body. We are thinking about God in consumption. What about reciprocity? We take and take from that Jesus, but we don't give back sometimes. And God today is lifting that weight to give us a better weight the ability to respond and to love. So if you have not been loving, today is a new day. There's a grace in this place through this message that is redemptive, that is strengthening, that is to give you wisdom, that is to give you a new way to walk and to go to war, day in and day out. You're fighting for yourself, you're fighting for your family, you're fighting for your husband and your wife. You're fighting for your kids. You're fighting for your friends. You're walking in front of them in the presence of your enemies. And goodness and mercy will follow you. But are you walking in love? Is that your position? Because that's what keeps us. Surely. 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 So, Father, as we, as we walk into a new grace, Lord, a new season of miracles in our character, in our bodies, Lord, in our cities, in our families, in our relationships, 
in our finances. Father, what we know and what we don't know, Lord, let there be light. Let it be your wisdom, your way of thinking, your ability to take us into you, to truth. Let there be love, Lord. Father, it's not sufficient with hope. It's not sufficient with faith. Because the greater of them is love. So, Father, as we read in your word, it is not sufficient. If we only believe, it is not sufficient. Father, it is if we're able to conjure in our minds, Lord, the thoughts of your goodness. It's not good enough if we can speak about you so eloquently, Lord, that people will be convinced. Father, we need your love. So conviction floods the earth, our neighborhoods, our hearts, our families, Lord. It is your conviction. It is your love that leads us, Lord. So, Father, we ask that this week, Lord, you would talk and deal with our hearts, Lord. First of anything, we're not going to look at others. We ask for us, Lord. Jesus, that you will meet with us. If you are in this place and this is your prayer, you can stand up. Jesus, I need you to meet with me. I need you to come into my heart. I need the grace. I need the power to obey. I need your acceptance. I need to have the knowledge of your love penetrate to every area, Father. Not because you have to, Father, we know you're everywhere. But Father, we need a manifestation, a new way. We need your miracles, Lord, this week. We need your love. Because you never fail. You're complete. May we stand in you. We will be always abounding in the works that we do for you. So we love you, Lord. As broken as we are, we bring our brokenness into you and say, Lord, have your way. This is the best we got. You do you now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanger.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.